Today on the Italian Radio Show, Lou Gallo gives us more info on Columbus, plus news, music, food, and more Italian style. All of this coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello, folks, and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show here on this lovely, beautiful, beautiful day. We're right up here in the KKNW Hubbard Radio Studios on the lofty fifth floor here where we can see, you know, all of Lake Washington pretty much from Tacoma to Bellingham up here. And it's uh, just a beautiful, beautiful, sunny day here. I'm here with my... uh, the best engineer in the business, Eric. How you doing, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Tony. I tell you, we're going to have a blast today, folks, because uh, we got all kinds of stuff coming up here. Some controversial stuff about Columbus a little bit, but before then, you know, some very interesting stories. If you'd like to be a part of our program today, you can call us uh, on our call-in number, which is 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527. My name is Tony Lestella, I'm your host. My co-host, Marcia Caputo, will be here momentarily. She's out taking care of some very important business because, you know, she feeds me every day or well, every week on this show here. And uh, she makes some pretty good food, don't you think? I mean, uh, you know, it's... Uh, oh, absolutely. Best part of the show. It is the best <laughs> no part of the show. No offense to you. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Trust me, brother. Trust me, you know. So she's going to be uh, here in a minute with... Uh, she's there preparing her stuff in the uh, in the kitchen part of the studio. Uh, if you're listening to us live, we are here in the greater Seattle Bellevue area at 1150 a.m. KKNW. And uh, for those of you who want to listen to us on the Internet, we can be available both live streaming today or 24-7. You can catch our programs uh, both this week and any of our past programs in the last few years in our archives by going to our website, WCIR.biz and clicking on the link at the top of the page there. That's West Coast Italian Radio. Just remember the acronym, WCIR.biz, and away you go, and uh, you can listen to us 24-7. We got some crazy stuff there. So now we're going to get right into it, folks. You know, we uh, bring you Un Pezzo di Italia in the Northwest every week, the very, very most recent wacky news stories from Italy. And trust me, this stuff... We, we, we can't make this stuff up. This is all true stuff. We get it all out of the Italian newspapers and we got our sources for each one. So we're going to jump right in. This week, this first story comes to us from The Guardian, which is an Italian newspaper. This is from um, May 30th, 2019. A story came out says, When in Rome, don't dress as a centurion. And also, messy eating near monuments and singing on public transport are also banned. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first of all, let's talk about the uh, dressing up as a centurion, okay? Apparently, there's many uh, people in Rome who, you know, dress up as gladiators, centurion, Roman basic soldiers, right? Roman soldiers, uh, and they go around the different monuments there so that, you know, visitors, tourists can get their pictures taken with these guys, okay? So there's one guy whose name is Remy Sanz. He's a visitor from Spain. He was unaware because he was having his bachelor's party there in Rome. He was unaware uh, that he was going to get in trouble for this. He was hanging around the uh, fountain, you know, the Trevi, you know, the very famous fountain in Rome on Friday morning. And authorities uh, came there and they basically uh, fined him because he was dressed up as a Roman centurion, which I guess was part of his bachelor party thing there. Um, and he wasn't trying to, you know, get any money for anybody. He was just there meeting some of his friends there. But apparently this is a, a serious matter now in Rome um, in that, you know, it's many, many people now, uh, they're finding that uh, the, the, there are many Italians in Rome who do this for a living. They go out to the different um, monuments dressed up as Roman centurions, Roman gladiators, Roman soldiers, whatever, and uh, they get their pictures taken with the tourists. And so now the authorities are clamping down on this. And it's making kind of a big problem there in Rome. There's a lot of protests and stuff because, you know, a lot of these people, this is how they make their money, they're saying, okay? This is like Elmo in uh, Times Square. Pretty you know, much, People yeah. that dress up like exactly. Minnie Mouse and Elmo yeah, get exactly. their picture taken. Yeah. Yeah, just, just exactly like that, okay? Part of the fun. And they say there's severe fines for these guys, right? So, um 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I, you, you know, on the one hand, I can see they're saying some of these guys are really trying to route the public. I mean, they'll go in there and they're just beating up people. Like, like give me 50 euros, 100 euros. To get a, you well, know, do they, they have a real sword with them? I don't know. That would they, be one I, thing. To, I'm not quite sure if they have a real sword. Sure. You know, <laughs> but I know they, 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 they're trying to get money out of people there. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of them are, are complaining that their, their livelihoods getting uh, disrupted so forth. There's some other bands, however, that are equally as interesting here. One of them is that you can't eat in any of these public monuments anymore, like, you know, around the fountains, around the Coliseum and stuff, because I guess people are making a mess there. But again, I don't know. Have you, in, have you ever been in, in, in Italy in the summertime? I haven't. I look it's forward to hot. doing that sometime. Yeah, It's hot. It's like being in New York, hot and humid. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine. You're standing around. You're waiting in these lines, these long lines going to Coliseum, and some guy's selling ice cream. They're going to tell you you can't have ice cream there while you're waiting in line? Come on. I mean, th- some of this stuff doesn't make sense you to gotta me. you got to have okay? some gelato while you're there. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You know? And the biggest of all that really kind of has me uh, really scratching my head on this is that they say that you can't be singing uh, you know, in the streets of Rome, on public transport. I mean, this is in our blood. We sing. I mean, <laughs> God knows. That. I mean, we've been having our whole debate because, you know, when we want to put our show in archives, we can't include the music a lot of time. It's part of the Italian culture. So now they're telling you you can't sing on some of this public transport. I mean, this is a whole romantic thing with guys singing to girls, you know, and there you go. So... But they say that's aimed at, there's a lot of, 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 of drunks there, I guess, mm. that come there. You know, they've, it's just people from other uh, uh, countries love these. And they, um, you know, they're there and they're singing and at the top of their lungs in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> the days and everything. People are just trying to have fun, though, it sounds like. This last one, though, this last one, the, I cannot see them enforcing this last one. This is, they say that they're now starting to ban you from being able to hang your laundry out on your buildings to dry. I just don't see this happening. I mean, I remember. So I sang one summer in the Salzburg Festival uh, in, in, in Austria. And I remember, you know, you, you're in Austria and everything is like pristine. There is no garbage anywhere. There's no street people. Everything is just like clean and, you know, really, really taken care of nicely. You cross over the Italian board. You go five minutes, and you see like laundry hanging off the balconies <laughs> of every building that you pass by. Right? I, I always wonder how these countries got along with each other without killing each other for years and years as next door neighbors. So I just don't see them being able to, you know, keep this ban. I think this is, you know, kind of foolish stuff. I don't know what do you think. It it seems like that's an environmentally friendly thing to do, you know, dry your clothes. Exactly. Outside I, would, I would agree. Alfresco, you know. God knows it's hot enough there, okay? Right. All right, so we're going to move on here. Um, this next story comes to us from the local, uh, June 12, 2019. The Lombardy region of Italy declares agriturismos may only offer Italian wines. Okay, so now this is an interesting thing. It's I think we've talked about in the past on the show. Agriturismo is kind of like Italy's um, answer to what we would call a bed and breakfast here in America. With the only exception is these are places that are out in the country. We've all seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun. The lady buys the nice house there and everything, right? She's out in the countryside. Um, Beautiful, beautiful. So they've turned a lot of these, you know, old country farmhouses and villas into the agriturismos. That now are where, you know, the Italians go when they're going on vacation, forget about it. They don't stay in the hotels because it's too expensive in the big cities. They go to these ugly turismos. You can get a beautiful room, private bath for the whole week for like, you know, between 300 to 500 euros. And just beautiful countryside. You're about maybe 15, 20 minutes outside the city. So, you know, you're not that far. You drive in a car and everything, right? But anyway, so they're saying now that. You know, they're trying to keep everything authentic. So all these ugly turismos now are saying that they, you know, want to make sure that they're only going to be serving ingredients, their wine, their other thing that comes from, you know, their local surrounding region there, okay? So let's talk about, like, we, we had our buddy, we've had John Paolo on the show a few times. He has the place La Casella in Umbria, beautiful, beautiful area, okay? So, you know, they want to make sure they're only going to be using the wines from that area, the all the food that they're serving there has to be, you know, just grown in that area there. So, you know, 
I mean, I guess this is, it, it, it's a good thing. It helps to support the local business. But again, you know, you're going to kind of limit yourself to some of the dishes you can make, right? I mean, obviously, if you're in certain parts of Italy, you may have more seafood, more wine. Other parts of Italy, you may have more beef or whatever. Also, your sauces, it's going to depend on that. But, you know, I guess that's part of the experience. So, hey, I can't believe it. Here she is. She's finally brought us our food, Eric. Yay. Here she is, oh, our prodigal host. Shame both of you. <laughs> Marzia Caputo, the one and only. How you hello, doing? Hello. Hello. Unbelievable today. I should start to complain about this. Let's the traffic. Now. I know. I know. You know how much I love this radio? They're driving all for far away to come over here there every you go. Monday. There you go. You know, so, we, know, we know you do. You know. Like I say, I should ask well, the race. Never we love happened. to have you here because you feed us and we're just saying, you know, we're thinking. We're, 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 That's we're, it. That's what's matter. Don't worry about it if something happens. It's the food is here. The That's food. Yeah, yeah, the food is here. So, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. Good. So now we're going to talk about yeah. our final news story. And um, this one comes to us again. This is a, a honest to God news story. I couldn't believe I actually found it this morning. From the Independent, okay, this comes on May 25th, 2019, okay? Frozen excrement dropping from plane crashes through home and the roof of a house in Milano, okay? Unbelievable, okay? A Milano woman, okay, she was, you know, she's in her house, she's going to sleep, you know, she's actually, she's just returning from from France, I guess. She's visiting her mother, she's in her mother's house. She goes to sleep. She hears this huge crashing sound to the roof of the house, 15 feet away from where she's sleeping, okay? This 36-year-old teacher, she jumps out of bed. You know, she goes to make sure everybody's okay. She runs down the hall. She finds this puddle of water, this puddle of blue water in the middle of her hall, right? So the morning comes, you know, and then they see this, this hole, I mean, size of a basketball, you know, so been, they can see all the way through, so the sun is shining through it, right? And... They're trying to figure out what the heck caused this hole. They, they, they call, like, the local guy who does the roofing. He's checking out. He can't figure it out because it's like, you know, the, the house is in sound condition. There's no other problem. There's no rotting wood. There's no nothing, you know. First, they thought maybe it's a meteorite, but then they don't see, like, any, you know, meteorite stuff on the floor. Like, you're supposed to see some fragments of uh, outer space stuff, rocks, whatever. None of this stuff, minerals, nothing. All this, this is this blue puddle. So they finally figure out. It has to be one of these airplanes. They got a leak in the toilet up there. And the blue, you know, they use that blue sanitation water because, you know, it's supposed to you sanitize it, I guess, you know. And we've heard of this happening before, folks. I mean, you know, we've read things over the years. Apparently, this comes out to 35, 40,000 feet up. However, it's like it's like ice up there, right? Sinks comes out the size of a basketball. By the time he hits their house, boom, there you go, you know? That's that- a rude awakening if I ever heard of one. <laughs> no kidding. Nah. I mean, that's how you like to have when you're tombstone. This guy was killed by, you know, I mean, It's exactly what I'm thinking when I'm in a plane. Where do you go if something happened, this toilet, you know, the bathroom? Exactly what I'm exactly. thinking. Look at what it could happen. So, so uh, the lady, she calls it uh, in and supposed. Uh, Supposedly, La Italia says they're looking into it like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <Good luck. laughs> that's like the blind leading the blind. You know, La Italia. Yes, oh, we'll yeah. find out the real story. Okay. Of course, La Italia says, well, you know, this is it's against the law in mm. Italy for uh, waste to be dropped out of an airplane. Duh, you Duh, think? Really? really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have to have a law for that? So uh, there you go. You just got to be very, very careful, I guess. I mean, so yeah. when you walk in Italy, but make sure you have some protection on your head. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I, how does that stuff get out of the toilets up there? I mean, I, don't know. I, I can't figure that out. I mean, they're supposed to be sealed, right? I, I mean, think so. That's it a scary thought. You I mean, know, you know? It should be look like a trailer. You know the trailer that have a little box on it? That's what I'm thinking. Uh. But it's true. If you think one little hole or something, yeah, think and then you think you pressurize them, you know. All right, uh. folks, we're gonna go to a quick commercial breaker. Don't go away because then Marty is gonna be here giving us some good food. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? 
Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Hey, Dad. Thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast is Cernio Sausage. Visit Cernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. We are back with West Coast Italian Radio. Tony Lestella here, your host with my lovely co-host, Marzia Caputo. Marzia. Hey, hey, hey. You know what we, we have to do today? I know. We have Marty Marty Negrelli, who's mm-hmm. given us these great, great tickets. We have two sets of Mariners tickets for this Thursday's Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners, where they play the Baltimore Orioles, seven right. ten in the evening. Okay, a great, great event. Uh, get there early, folks, and make sure. And when you get there early, right off the bat, you get your commemorative Italian Mariners souvenir hat for the game. Um, but he, Marty has graciously given us two sets of tickets. Mm-hmm. So we ran a quiz here, um, you know, for uh, the last uh, couple of weeks on Facebook. We had a trick question. And the trick question was, um, what Italian had won the most World Series rings? Okay. Now, why I say it was a trick question, I even put on there it was a trick question is because... Uh, we said what Italian. We didn't say what Italian player, okay? Right. And a lot of people, of course, chose Yogi Bear mm-hmm. because Yogi Bear had won, I think, some like 10 rings, and there was other guys like DiMaggio that won seven or eight. But the guy who won the most rings was both a player and a coach. He did both in his career. Frank Crosetti, who won 17 17 Ooh. World Series rings. Okay, so that's uh, that was the correct answer. What we did is uh, we had a ton of people. We had over 100 entries in the contest, of which we had 10 people. 10 people got that right, okay? 10? That's 10 people. Okay, so what we are doing here is we're taking these 10 people and we enter them into the drawing, okay, which we're going to do here today, okay? Mm-hmm. And Marcia, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to shake this up really, really right. good here, okay? And then you're going to draw a I ticket. I'm going to put it on Facebook. Okay. What do you think about that? You're so going to draw a ticket out of that. here. Okay. Hold on, hold on. And uh, we're going to pick two tickets because we, mm-hmm. we have two sets of tickets here. So we're going to play pick two uh, of these uh, names out, uh, out, of our, uh, out of our drawing here. And, and each of these people are going to win two tickets to this Thursday's Italian Heritage Night mm-hmm. at, the, at the Mariners. Okay. So okay. go ahead. Pick out our first one there, Marcia. All right. Hold on, hold on. Don't look. Doesn't matter. You're the one who was picking. I can look. <laughs> okay. All right. Do I so see the what, number? What number do you got? Hold on. Let me open. Five. Number five. Our number five is Drew Comer. Drew Comer. Okay. So, Drew, you have just won yourself two tickets to this Thursday's Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners. And we'll get in touch with you uh, right after the show here, and we'll make sure we get your information. The tickets will actually be at the Will Call. When you get to the stadium on Thursday night, make sure you go to uh, to Will Call, and the tickets will be waiting for you there under your name. Drew Comer, two tickets to Italian Heritage Night this Thursday, June 20th. We got another set to give away, so get our second set right now. Marcia, okay, draw me on. a name out of there. Wait, wait, wait. I cannot look. I cannot look. Okay, let's see what number okay, we have Okay, what number here. you got? My, are you kidding me? Four. Number four <laughs> is Emilio Domenica 
Marasco. 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 Emilia Domenica Marasco. Congratulations, both of you. You have won two tickets to Italian Heritage United the Mariners this Thursday, June 20th. Your tickets will be waiting for you at Will Call. Go to Will Call when you get to the stadium, and we will send you an email or a message tonight on Facebook. And we thank you so much for playing. And it was just a blast to uh, to run this contest. And a big thank fun. you goes out to Marty Negrelli, the our dear honor. friend from Festi Italiana and the Italian club there, um, who uh, graciously gave us the tickets and just yeah. does so much for the Italian community. And he put he every year puts together Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners with the team down there. Mm-hmm. So now what are we going to have for our recipe of the week, Marzia? Okay, I find another recipe really fast to make for summertime and fresh. Olive e burrata crostini. Olive and burrata crostini. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. so it's really simple. Same thing like when you make like a bruschetta kind of yeah, type, yeah, right? Yeah. But you can use the olive because the flavor with the olive and the burrata, it's unbelievable together. It's really good. So a burrata, you know, it's like a mozzarella. The skin of mozzarella, right, but they're right, inside yeah, like a cream, yeah. so it's softer. Uh, and you put it right on top. Really simple to make. You can add whatever you want, you know what I mean? Um, just have fun with that. But still, the olive, it's uh, the one you can mix it with a teaspoon of red wine vinegar, a glove garlic, you know. Sli- do all that and slice the baguette. You know how to do the cru- or no? Oh, do yeah, you know? Oh, yeah, you know right? We always absolutely. talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And you can add the basil and whatever. But in the end, when you all warm out the bread and you put all those things in the last, you put the burrata because it can melt. It. You have to wait a little bit and then right, you put right. on top. So really this simple. Is, this looks fantastic. You have fresh mozzarella, all right? Right, burrata. So, I love that. Have, uh, try it. Tell me what you okay, think. We have to try. Give then a, I got it for. You want the Eric there? See. Mm, yeah. Right. Now, let me. Mm. Put it on the plate. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic. That's different. You can really taste all the flavors in right. that, you know? Right. Of like okay. the. What I like about this is mm. each of those fresh flavors in there. I'm really faced. simple, really cold. You know, I think summertime you want cold dishes. Yeah. You don't look yeah. at something hot and heavy. You want I'm, light I'm, things. I taste, really I'm, simple. I'm, I'm tasting the garlic, the cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know, it's just it's and everything is a very very nice balance there. It's be like a great thing to have, like as a as appetizer, a, as a summer appetizer, and you have your aperitivo, you know. So, right, yeah. and that's what I want to look for this summertime. I don't want to look for really hot, a warm plate. I will look for just cold plate, something simple. And really cool you off for the summer. That's what I look in light food. That's what we need to look. Not something heavy, too strong. And, you know, that's going to be my uh, goal for this summer. So well, that's I'm glad you like it. What do you think about Eric? Excuse me. So chilly. <laughs> we got him. Mm, very nice. Very nice. You see? The what, what type of olive is this? The olive, this is like uh, the green one. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have the black one, cubes too. The green one, you make like a salad kind of type with a vinegar. And you mm-hmm. can add the green peppers, whatever you want, little tomato. You can make, oh, they, they buy too, like um, a jar. I saw they have like a olive garden ready with pieces, already cut it with all different vegetables inside too. They have that one too. So I didn't try that one. I'm going to try that one with that one. So well, this is fantastic, and once again, you've knocked it out of the park, so to speak, since we're in a baseball theme today. So, oh, uh, you, you know, something uh, perfect. this is really, I mean, this would be a great thing to bring, like, to a party for an appetizer or something, you know, wouldn't it? But I that's mean, the difference. You taste the mozzarella, the burrata, is my favorite, this one, because the mozzarella could be still soft, but still just the cheese a little bit harder. When this one, it just melts in your mouth because mm, it's so it creamy. Does. It's it just the... Burrata is one of the best. If you look for that, you know, it's not easy to find, but Metropolitana down Tacoma, they have one. They All have right. majority of time. So. All right. Well, it's very, very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, you know, speaking of uh, great mm. Italian things, you know, one of my favorite Italian singers of all time was Sergio Franchi. Do you remember Sergio Franchi? Sergio oh. Franchi, he was kind of like a cross between... Mario Lanza and Frank Sinatra. Oh. He was kind of like the Enrico Caruso of Las Vegas. Okay, okay. I remember as a kid um, listening. This this guy was you know, a, a big deal in Vegas in the sixties, the seventies. Um, he, he was at all of the big hotels down there. He had his own TV show for a while. Sold tons and tons of records. 
Um, had and he's saying all that that Sinatra, Rat Pack type of stuff. But he had a really true operatic tenor voice. He'd take the big high notes mm-hmm. at the end, you know. I don't think he ever actually sang opera legitimately, although he could. I've, I've heard recordings of him singing aries and stuff. that huh. were just fabulous. Um, died very uh, prematurely when he was 64 years old of a brain tumor, believe it or not. Oh. And uh, But he was just an amazingly attractive guy. I mean, he was one of these, like, he, he kind of reminded you of uh, Antonio Bandaras, you know. Okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I he had those type of just great, great Latin looks. Mm-hmm. And this voice that was just like kind of a cross between Mario Lanz and Pavarotti. This is just a great, Beautiful. great tenor singing voice, right? So it's interesting. Um, there were many, many things that uh, he's noted for in his life, but a couple of things that... Um, a couple of things was he received actually the Mario Lanza Award for doing outstanding achievements oh. in the field of music. Okay, and even though there are they 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 were similar in ways because they were famous around the same time, Mario Lanza and Sergio Franchi. They they were they they were certainly two completely different voices. Kind of been like the the uh, three tenors today. If you took Pavarotti and Domingo, you know they they have the differences. Mm-hmm. But um, the, just great, great voices. Um, he did a lot of things to raise money for a boys' town of Italy and um, just did a lot of uh, different fundraisers throughout his life. And, you know, in his legacy that he has left, mm. his wife, Ava, who uh, she lives up in, um, in Connecticut. Uh-huh. And uh, years ago when I was singing opera in New York, I had the um, the honor of going up and performing at the Sergio Franchi annual um, competition up there just as a guest performer. What they do every year is they give money to young upcoming singers oh, for scholarships. Nice. Really? So nice. she keeps that going in his, uh, oh. you know, in, in his memory. And it's a really, really wonderful thing to help young artists coming up, you know. So, folks, there you go. We're going to play you a little bit of my favorite Sergio Franchi songs. They're a little mix we put together as our Artist of the Week. This segment is brought to you by Mickey's Salon and Spa down on the waterfront in the beautiful uh, Tacoma area uh, with uh, the Rustin Way waterfront. Thank you uh, very much, Mickey, for sponsoring this. Great, great salon, great products. I'm going to see Mickey tomorrow. God knows I need a haircut. You have an appointment. I'm, I'm looking good. like a hippie. There you go. She <laughs> always makes me look Please, like, Nikki, help like me. an Italian stud, okay? She can work wonders. So mm-hmm. here you go, a little bit of Sergio Franchi's mix. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Yo, 
Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Man, I tell you what, that Sergio Franchi could really sing. I'm surprised. You're from Italy. You never heard of Sergio Franchi? Probably my mom. Remember, I'm a little younger than you, but still. <laughs> just to say that. Just, just a mm-hmm. little. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, no, Sergio, he was just, you know, he was amazing, amazing tenor, great looking guy. I, I mean, heard you that. know, and uh, I was always surprised he didn't make some movies or something, you know, because he had mm. those type of looks, you know. So um, we're very, very uh, lucky to uh, have had him as an entertainer, I think, you know, just uh, the legacy of music he's left. And speaking of being lucky to have people, mm. you know, who are a part of our show today, we are blessed by having Lou Gallo. You remember Lou Gallo? He he. Uh, we talked to him a couple of months ago, and he's Wait, the guy who is like Louis or Louis. Lou, Lou, Lou. He's Italian American. Forget about Lou. Okay. I like it. Want to know the name? Okay? I have to say it right. And uh, he's he, he's like the 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 foremost authority <laughs> in this country on Christopher Columbus. He's a uh, very very active with the Knights, or I'm sorry, with the, the Sons of Italy, uh, and a very high level back on the national uh, basis in Washington D.C. Uh, so here he is from New York City, Mr. Lou Gallo. Welcome back to the West Coast Italian Radio Network. Glad to be back, Tony. And it's Long Island, not New York City. Long Island, <laughs> New York. I'm, pride. I'm not, I'm not going to split heads here, you know. <laughs> Although I always had a lot of fun in Long Island. I used to, you know, mm-hmm. a yeah. buddy of mine, his brother was a cop. So anytime we go up there, we get in trouble, he'd, you know, he'd get us out. Mm-hmm. He'd always beat the hell out of us, but he'd oh. get us out of trouble, you know. So... So anyway, Lou, I know uh, mm-hmm. last time we had you on the show, both March and I were very impressed mm-hmm. with your mm-hmm. your vast knowledge of uh, Columbus. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting. A lot of people have opinions, mm-hmm. but they don't really, um, they, they've kind of got these opinions because I think they want to believe in something, Correct. but they're not necessarily getting the right information. I, I had a, 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 a conversation today with a college student, a girl. Mm-hmm. Very nice, delightful young lady who I had her in mind totally, completely uh, made up that Columbus was this huge villain uh, because of everything she had heard. And she was saying that this, these are the facts. How can you argue with the facts? And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. How do you know that your facts are accurate and where your facts come from? And this, and that. oh, no, no, these are the facts. And, you know, so people have this, this stuff that is getting drilled into them, which is not necessarily the fact. It's kind of like. What uh, what we hear about these fake facts? It's all fake right. facts, right? Mm-hmm. You got it. So tell us about the real facts. Okay. Well, the real facts is one of the things I want to get to. I didn't get a chance to in the last program was to tell you that all of the brutalities and villainous behavior that is attributed to Columbus is so grossly over exaggerated that uh, it needs to be corrected. And number one, uh, based upon recent research, particularly by a gal by the name of Carol Delaney who wrote about uh, Christopher Columbus, the quest for Jerusalem. Another gentleman, uh, Rich DeSilvio. Another gentleman, uh, Ernie Nuzzo. These are all people, this is recent scholarship, and they basically said that all of those brutalities that are attributed to him are just not true for one simple reason. He wasn't there. He was either on an, he was either island hopping in the Caribbean under contract with the sovereigns, uh, looking for and exploring different lands. Uh, secondly, he was either in the interior, where he was setting up an, a settlement or an outpost, okay, and at the same time making deals with uh, Native Americans down there as far as uh, getting food provisions for his men because the royal officials, particularly people like Juan uh, de Fonseca, who was uh, the Bishop of Seville, and also his secretary, Juan de Soria, and these gentlemen always shorted Columbus on his, on his provisions because, basically, they didn't like him. Uh-huh. Why didn't they like him? Because he was Genoese. Oh, the Spanish yeah. were highly ethnocentric people, and they really thought that, you know, basically, to the, the use it in the conversational, they thought who the hell they were, 
and that they feared Columbus because they thought any lands that he would explore and discover would go to Genoa and not to the Spanish sovereigns. But that would never happen because it was clear on the contract that he those particular lands that ever he discovered would revert to the Spanish crown. So it's let me ask you a question. That. Let me ask mm-hmm. you a question then. Okay. So basically, the question is, since Columbus wasn't even present at the time these atrocities happened, right. did these atrocities actually happen at all? Yes. Or, and if they did happen, who was responsible? Okay. Uh, the third thing is he was also back in Spain organizing a voyage. And so what would happen is he would leave the settlement in charge of a commission. That commission would consist of his brothers, either Diego or Bartolomeo, and also some clergy and some settlers. But the problem was is they did not have the power to control these people. A lot of the people and the settlers were there were suffused with their own sense of opportunity and ambition and decided to go independently on their own, create their own little fiefdoms on the, on the various islands, um, abscond Indians and, and enslave them. Meanwhile, the man is either back in Spain organizing a voyage or he's island hopping in the Caribbean looking for land. And as a result, what happened was these people couldn't control the situation. And because they couldn't control the situation, when he finally did arrive back, he had a major, major problem on his hands. But you have to remember, too, there was no codified law. There was no system of justice. It was really strictly based on the personality of one person. And he did the best he could. Now, he wasn't very much of a civil administrator. He admitted he wasn't. He was a navigator. And his job was basically, on the contract, is to discover the lands of for the Spanish crown. But he had an ultimate goal even beyond that. Most historians stop at that. But he really had an ultimate plan that he really conjured with uh, Queen Isabella. And the whole idea was really to get the riches in these various lands and use it to finance a crusade to the east to wrest the Holy Land away from the Muslim Turks. That uh-huh. was the ultimate uh-huh. goal. And the idea was to meet the Grand Khan of Cathay, which is China, because they always thought that the, where he was was in the neighborhood of China, and they would enlist his support, and through his efforts in union with the Spanish crown, they would convert those Turks uh, to Christianity, and those lands then would be converted uh, you know, to, Christian, to Christianity. So let me ask you a question here. So, mm-hmm. All right, so... We so basically, what you're saying is the scholars and the people with whom you know have really looked at this are saying, okay, Columbus didn't do these things. There was other people who were left who were supposed to keep the situation under control while he went away and was basically fulfilling his you know his obligations as a captain of the boat and everything and going where he had to go. So, if that's the case, then how come you got this whole other school of people? Over on the other side there, you know, say, oh, Columbus, he was, you know, he committed genocide, and he was just, I mean, don't they have, like, uh, the access to the same documents to study the same thing with their own experts? Now, here's what, here's what happens with that, because even though they will tell you, and they claim they have primary documentation, and they do. However, most of them resort to two particular sources. One is Francisco de Bobadilla. Now, Francisco de Bobadilla was a rival of Columbus in the Spanish court. And he wanted to be the admiral of the ocean sea and the viceroy of all the Spanish islands. And he was incensed when King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella appointed Columbus rather than him. So what he did was to keep a dossier on Columbus. So when these guys ran amok, what they would do was lie about what they did because they knew they would be liable to trial and punishment. Right. So right. they would actually say things like, Oh, yeah, he enslaved the Indians. Meanwhile, it was them enslaving the Indians. Right, right. And, he, and this is in, you know, their own hand. And Bobadilla, you know, his, the title of his work was The Case Against uh, Christopher Columbus. And he would conjure up all these things. Uh, he basically uh, never baptized the, the Indians because he wanted to keep them as slaves. That's not true. He truly believed, and he said this with the sovereigns in unison with Queen Isabella, that before we can convert them to Christianity, they must study the faith, then they're baptized, and then once they're baptized, they're part of the faith. So as far as he was concerned, they needed to go through a period of education and yeah, instruction. Catechism, like everybody does. they could become Christians. Right. But the people who are rivals against him used that to claim he wanted to maintain them as slaves. Okay? And here's a second point. 
Nobody, including noted historians, and I see this all the time in all the work that I've read, never mentions the Taino Wars of 1494 and 1496. Now, what happened was, when Columbus came back for, for his second voyage, he left men behind. He left 39 men behind. And he told them, be diplomatic, be friendly, trade goods of equal value, do not rape the women, don't touch the women, maintain cordial relations. But they didn't do that. Right, they basically right. fought amongst themselves because these people were suffused with opportunity and ambition. Yeah, they yeah. could care less about meeting the Grand Khan to enlist his support to convert the Turks to Christianity. They could, you know, and this is very, very important, because Columbus also believed he was what you call a millennialist, meaning he believed in the second coming of Christ. And this conversion had to be done before the second coming of Christ. So it was necessary to meet the Grand Khan, to enlist his support to get this done. He was also an apocalypticist, meaning that if and when there was the second coming, Christ would come down, there would be the rapture, all those who were saved as a result of their conversion would ascend into heaven, and then those particular people, okay, would be saved from eternal damnation, and then he would destroy the world. And this had to be done. He actually calculated from the time of the origin of the earth, again, using, you know, statistics that he felt uh, were correct, and based upon his time in 1492, there was only 155 years left to do this. Huh. And then the millennium and the apocalypse would occur. So there was this in, uh, intense desire, this maniacal desire by him to convert these people and to get it done. Right, right. Okay? So what happened was, uh, with these settlers, these people didn't care about that. They saw an opportunity, they figured they could carve out a world of their own, and some of them did illegally, and some of them, in their, in their quest, demanded that the men be held as slaves, the natives, and also the women be held as concubines. This is so, all so, written. So, 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 okay. so why, why, why are we having such a difficult time, then, with the opposition? You know, there's so many people around the country, uh, people from universities who are supposedly well-educated, and they just don't even want to consider anything. I mean, what I hear frequently, well, you know, this was in Columbus's diary, and, you know, then it, it, it's in his own, his own writings, you know, and then that type of thing. Okay, this is what they say about the diaries, and there's textual corruptions by these people on this. He did speak about slavery, but you have to understand the concept of the time, and again, none of them studied this. And it was called the just war concept. And the just war concept involved three components. Number one, if you were attacked, you have a right to defend yourself, and you can capture and enslave. This is all supported by the papacy, by the way. The second thing was, if you resisted Christianity's con the conversion to Christianity, you could be captured and enslaved. And the third thing, of course, if you committed, law, uh, if you committed crimes against the laws of nature, which was a commission of sodomy or cannibalism, you could be captured and enslaved. In that regard, whenever he talked about slavery, he was talking about the one group that committed these three uh, offenses, mm -hmm. and that was the Caribs. The uh -huh. Caribs were naturally hostile. He had constant skirmishing amongst them, and these were the people who enslaved the Tainos, and Columbus freed them on the island of Guadalupe. These were the people that would uh, raid Taino villages to the point that Taino women would approach him and seek his help, and he would protect them. When Martin Alonso Pinzon actually garnered some slaves and tried to bring them back to Spain, Columbus boarded his ship, took those slaves, and returned them back to their homes. They don't tell you that. You're right. Because mm -hmm. they're trying to change the paradigm. So why, people, and, and why is that? I mean, what, what, what is their agenda? Their agenda is simple. They hate this culture. They hate, they want to end European uh, influence in this country because, as Russell Means said, as part of the American Indian Movement in 1980, he came right out with it. In 1980, he said, in order for America to live, Europe must die. And at that point, the first city that started this whole rumbling about Columbus was, of course, Berkeley in 1992, uh -huh. and they changed uh -huh. Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. Okay, they want the man off the calendar because. Oh well, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it's bad enough that they're that they're not that they're not only changing the date, okay, mm -hmm. but I mean, I could see it if they would say, okay, well, we're going to give indigenous people another date, but we yeah, like exactly. the Italians. Let's make it Italian Heritage Day. Then you know, but they don't even want to do that because, like you say, they just want to eradicate, eradicate the European culture from being part of our society because they he 
all the abuses of colonialism on this one man. Why? Because he was first. Right, Tony, yeah. I can tell you that if there was never a holiday about Columbus, this never would happen. So he becomes the tinderbox. He becomes the attraction yeah, yeah. from which these revisionists and detractors use to try to villainize this particular man and seek their agenda. And that agenda is to end European influence and support people from the third world like Afro-Asian culture. This is what it's all about. Well, Lou, we're very glad to have you to on the show. We are, we're, we're running out of time again. But, God, every time you're on the show, we, yeah, we enjoy so much talking to you because you're just a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. on this subject. And One last real thing. real quick question. Where can people go to... Uh, you know, to, to get some of this accurate information, is there a resource available we can tell our listeners well, about? Well, I can tell you, I guess I'm the one that is the font of all the knowledge here because I have all the material. Mm-hmm. And the New York State Commission for Social Justice, which is the anti-defamation wing of the order, we just produced a Columbus brochure that's based on everything I just said in this program and the program prior about the true legacy of Columbus. And we so people could go to the uh, website for the... The National Order of the Sons and Daughters of Italy, right? They could do that, uh, but the best thing is to contact me. All right, uh, because I have access to that material. Okay, and it's uh, L J Gallo at Opton Line. That's O P T O N L I N E Line dot net. Louis, thank you for all you are doing uh, to really try to keep. You know, keep the Italian culture alive and clear up a lot of these uh, this, these me- misleading facts. And God bless you. We're just always thrilled to have you on the show. We look forward to you next time. You better believe it. I got more to tell you. All right, buddy. Take care. <laughs> wait. Folks, we'll be right back after this short break in a word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast is Cernio Sausage. Visit Cernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. That is always a blast having Lou Gallo on the show. Talk about a guy who's just a wealth of information. You know, I when I I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had people who have approached me because I'm Italian and they, you know, and they want to talk about this Columbus issue. And I just don't know what to say because I right. haven't the background in it. But he has the background. And I mean, and he, he did his research, everything. And he really can support it with the research mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, like I said, earlier today, I talked to a young lady, smart young lady, uh, just graduated from college, mm. but had not the foggiest idea of what she was talking about simply because she didn't have the facts, and right. she's firmly believed in this, that these are the facts. And it's like, okay, well, tell me where your facts come from, how you, you know. And we, and here's a guy who mm-hmm. can tell you the facts, where they come from, show you the thing and the whole, you Just know. Just get it right. So, yeah, That's you all. Know? Don't listen like a ship. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that, you, that we're going to take one side or the other no. side. I'm sure there is the other side, but it's like, well, let the, when you ask the other side to present the facts, mm-hmm. they they was, well, you know, these are the truths. Well, what are the facts? Show me your sources. Right. They don't want to get into that. I don't no. know. It's just like, you know, 
It's like no, yeah. it's always nice to it's hear right. him. It's I, I wish we had more time with him to talk about this. Absolutely, we'll have to look know, at getting him out here to speak at something. You know, we should, we should. All right, so mm. you know, um, we're gonna talk here just very briefly this week about right. our events. So we have a, another giveaway we're gonna do here on the show. Oh, yeah. um, this our event calendar, of course. This this week we gave away our tickets earlier to Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners coming up this uh, this Thursday. Uh, June 20th, and what a great night, great fun, fun time. If you haven't got your tickets yet, folks, I highly encourage you to go to the Mariners website, go to Mariners.com forward slash Italian, and come to this game. You're going to have a blast. Tickets are only $23 to $38, so it's nothing. You get a souvenir cap. I mean, the cost of a souvenir cap mm-hmm. is 25 bucks. Come on, you know. I remember I bought when I bought my Mariners hat, I spent 25 bucks on it, so, you know, Great, great time with all your paisans down there at the ballpark. Right. What do you got the for next us next? next one is Saturday, July 20, Luglio 20, Black Diamond Sano Litri Lodge picnic is 12 to 4 p.m. And they do a right, uh, well, like I say, it's Mud Mountain Dam. I always say wrong. I know mountain, that. Mountain, Mud Mountain Dam. In uh, Enumclaw, Washington. Enumclaw. There you go. So be ready. You know, we started with all those picnics. So what we're going to do is we're just going to give you the next 30 days out here because there's a lot of summer events coming up, and uh, we'll add more and more as we go through the summer. But we want to get back to one of our contests that we have been running, okay? So you remember uh, last week we had my good friend Rick Regan on the show from oh, uh, yes. Montalcino Ristorante Italiano, one of the number one Italian restaurants, one of the number one restaurants in all the USA, okay, right here and Issaquah, and, um, you know, Rick, we were talking with him on the show, so we ran a contest. He very graciously offered a $100 certificate, uh, which was going to be the prize of this contest to anybody who could win, who could answer the question correctly, but they had to listen to the broadcast to hear the question. So um, we had his wild boar pasta last week. Mm-hmm. Remember how good that was? Oh, oh just... Melted, I'm still dreaming about it. <laughs> melted in your mouth. The uh, pappardella pasta with a mm-hmm. wild boar, and it's just fantastic. So we asked people to tell us where he got his wild boar mm-hmm. from. Now, some people said Texas. Yeah, okay, we know it's from Texas, <laughs> all right? But what was the name of the place, okay? So for, and we had quite a few listeners who wrote in. I'd say we have probably 50, 60 people. But the gal who got it right mm-hmm. was Susan Campagna Kearns. Susan Campagna Kearns, you yeah. have won a $100 gift certificate to Montalcino's to go have some of that fantastic Susan, call me, boar. please. I will come with you, all right? There you go. So, <laughs> Susan, uh, we'll communicate with you and make sure that you get this certificate. And uh, thank you so much for listening and supporting mm-hmm. the West Coast Italian Radio Network. Lots of fun stuff coming up over the summer. Right. I got to tell you, you know, uh, we got Italian Day at the races. We got mm-hmm. the whole month of... Uh, Festa Italiana. Italiana in September, starting with the San Gennaro Festival and all those great events. One of my favorites in August, the Italian uh, golf game, you know, golf oh. tournament. That's always a blast, you know. Italian? So, uh, really? Yeah, I yeah. know that so, one. Uh, I already got my team lined up. I'm just waiting for Brian DiGiulio to send me his, uh, the, the form. I mean, there, there, we, there we go. You know, Brian does a great job running that, you know. So. I didn't know the Italian play golf at all. So, but, you know, something Well, do a whole thing about it. Then a program with the Gaylords about <gasps> golf bocce. Don't worry about it. I'll turn you on to that one these days. Meanwhile, folks, we thank you very, very much for listening to us today. We'll be back next week with a brand new show, and you can hear us, remember, 24-7 on the Internet, both this week's show and any of our past broadcasts by going to our website, wcir.biz, West Coast Italian Radio, wcir.biz. Click on the link. God bless you. We'll talk to you again next week. Ciao.